Hey fam, before this new episode of Last Drinks, why not jump online and order yourself some sparkling tea from budsandbeads.com.au. Buds and Beads Sparkling Tea, where every bubble tells a story. And don't forget to use the code LASTDRINKS20. This will give you 20% off your order. You're welcome. It's time for another episode of Last Drinks, a podcast where we have conversations for the sober and the sober curious, hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Hey, beautiful humans. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Last Drinks. I got this really cute message from a friend of mine who I used to work with a long time ago. We haven't really kept in touch, but I got this message out of the blue the other day and she says, hi, darling, long time no see. I just wanted to reach out and say your podcast is a massive inspiration to me. I've quit drinking probably 20 years later than I should have. But anyway, thanks for being a legend and putting your light out there for everyone. I hope you're doing amazingly over there. Big love. Thank you, dear, beautiful, darling friend of mine for that message. Um, I am doing amazingly over here. Thank you very much. It is a new year. I'm heading back to work. (sighs) I sigh not because I don't love my job. I love my job in radio, but it's the 4 a.m. alarms that are just going to kick my ass this year. And I feel like the older I get, the harder the 4 a.m. wake up really is. Um, so I am heading back to work soon. So I may sound, I don't know, a little more insane and discombobulated in coming weeks when the sleep deprivation really kicks in, (laughs) but we'll see how we go. I am looking forward to getting back on radio. Actually, I I've had a bit of time off and it's been lovely to have some time at home with the fam and to get through, you know, the festive season. But, you know, I I do love, I love doing Brecky Radio and I think I'm doing a new show this year on a new radio station and I've never worked on Triple M before, Um, but I am, I'm really looking forward to it. So that's, that's kind of some fun, exciting news from me. Today's podcast conversation is with Lisa Greenberg. She has coined the term and I love this. She says, She's sober serious. She's like a lot of people say they're sober curious. I'm sober serious. She's full on into sobriety. Her story is really big. It really packs a punch. Since getting sober, she has been overwhelmed by support from friends, from family, from the community, and it's really encouraged her to start a few great platforms that you can kind of dip in and you can um, support and hopefully find inspiration from. She is the face of Choose Your Sober, which is a term that she coined to highlight that sobriety is a spectrum and she's a highly sought after speaker, sober coach, health and fitness consultant. She's also a columnist and founder of Sober Aerobics. She is just a woman who has this like joy permeating out of her and you'll hear it it's she's got quite a a heavy story and I will mention I think it's really important to mention this up front in case this is not for you today but Lisa's story does touch on the topic of suicide Um, if that's something that's too much for you right now 
completely understand. And if you are in a crisis, you can call 131114. That is the number for Lifeline Australia. Help is available. You can speak with somebody right now if you need to. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week if you are in a crisis. That number is 131114. She also talks about so many interesting things from an addict's perspective and she calls herself an alcoholic, which I found really interesting. I have said in the past that I don't feel like in 2024 the term alcoholic is all that helpful because it conjures up, you know, that Hollywood losing everything and living out of a gutter type scenario. And I feel like the term is outdated. But it was interesting speaking to Lisa who calls herself an alcoholic only to remind herself of what the grip of addiction did and where it sent her and how far she's come from that place and as a reminder that she doesn't want to go back to being that person again. So it was just, it was interesting to have that term, you know, brought up several times in our conversation. She is a really smart chick and I think you're going to love this chat. So please enjoy Last Drinks with Lisa Greenberg. And your glasses are fabulous, by the way. They... Well, I'm an addict. I have 14 pairs, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what can I say? Do you know what, Leith, you're going to laugh. So I did I did this the other day. I'll show you. When I was looking at my phone, I was like, like uh, you know when you do the lean them. back? Yeah. I'm doing the lean back and I've been yeah. giving my mum, who's 75, a lot of shtick about how she has the big text. Like she's got big, bold text on her phone. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, mom, come on, it's a bit OTT. And then I was looking at my phone the other day and squinting and leaning back and I was like, yeah. are we going for a bit of an optometrist visit? But if you're going to wear them, you may as well wear really good ones. I figure that's why I've got so many pairs. So I love this. this, And they, yeah. they suit you so Good oh, on you, but nobody you, listening to this podcast can see how fabulous you look with glasses on because <laughs> well, it's just audio. It. <laughs> oh, good. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for joining me on Last Drinks. Pleasure. Can you tell me about your last drink? Sure, I can of what I remember of it. It was the 29th of June 2018 and I was heading to rehab the next day. So I decided to go for gold. Um I vaguely remember just pouring as much wine as I could down my throat. Um, and, I, yeah, I was, all, I was a lady. I drank from the bottle, just, uh, you know, really classy, mm. and just got as much in as I possibly could because I think there was an element of me that realised, I think this is it. I think this is it and this is my last chance and I think I have to do this properly. So let's let's go hard and I think I would have had two three four bottles of wine Mm. just as much as I could guzzle down Mm. and then I blacked out it's so full-on to think about Mm. how you knew the next day that you've you're heading 
potentially on a different path in your life, right? Like yeah. when you get to a point where you're like, I'm going to rehab, it's because you can acknowledge that you need help in yes. getting to that next part of your journey, right? Mm-hmm. So awesome that you were able to recognize that. But I yeah. find it so interesting that we do this thing where we're like, well, I'm not going to have any of it for a period of time or maybe ever again. So mm. I will just mm. bend myself backwards breaking to get yeah. as much in my system as possible. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's absolutely crazy. But I guess that's that's the difference between a normal drinker, if we call people normal drinkers, and, mm-hmm. and someone who has that addictive tendency mm. um, or a misuse you know, disorder with alcohol. And, you know, my husband would never drink like that. If someone told mm. him... Um, you know, you can never, you may never be able to drink alcohol again. He'd go, okay. But that, again, with the benefit of hindsight, showed me that was not normal. That was not a normal reaction mm-hmm. to taking one substance out of my life that I had to go absolutely to town at the detriment of my health, my fitness, my family. Mm. But that's the that's the power of addiction. That's yeah. The so leading up to that and then mm-hmm. the following day you go to do an inpatient program at rehab, yes. is that right? Yes, I did a three-weeker. And so leading up to that, mm-hmm. how did you how do you get to that place? Yeah, it was a pretty quick demise. It was probably 18 months of active addiction. And as we know, um, alcoholism is very <laughs> quick progressive decline and you know I'm very happy to call myself an alcoholic because that's what I am and I know people don't like to use that term don't like to label themselves it is what it is it's like saying my husband's bald you know it is what it is I don't Mm. get stuck on a label but Mm. if I don't tell myself every day then that complacency of I might go back there so you know I I was in addiction for 18 months and progressively needed more and more and more to get that same. It wasn't even a buzz at that stage. It was it was just to help me numb, numb. The, pain. the feelings of pain. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, I numbing was, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It was complete numbing. And, um, mm. you know, I, was, I didn't start drinking until I was 17. I wasn't an early drinker. I had no trauma, capital T or little t, in my life to speak of. My parents are still married. I went to a very good private school. By this stage, I was married with two gorgeous children. I had my soulmate, my most beautiful husband, who I adore. Mm. And yet I was so addicted to alcohol that, you know, when I've told my story on um, numerous platforms, there's one where I was front page and I actually said, which my children hated me talking about, that if there was a bottle of wine in the middle of the road and there was a mink truck coming, inactive addiction, I would have pushed my children in front of the truck. Now, the only reason I say that is not for drama, not to, oh, wow, Lisa's so dramatic. No, that was to show the power of addiction because I don't Mm. think, unless you've lived it or you've lived with someone who's been through it, Mm. I, I don't think it's you can even understand what it does. I mean, I'm not an unkind person. I'm not a liar. I'm not um, selfish, yet in active addiction, I was a liar. I was, I was so dishonest and so selfish that mm. I would have thrown my children in front of a truck to get alcohol. And that, 
I need to remember that every now and then, not all the time. I don't go into victim, but I mm. need to remember that to say, you have a drink, lease. that's where you're going back to. It's all over. It is all yeah. over. And so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm 17 onwards, start to have a drink, loved that feeling. I always talk about the Lisa rules. Lisa rules were everything's perfect, everything has to be this way. And I likened myself to Grease is my favourite movie with Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. And I've always felt like Sandra D. You, know, you are a Sandy. Look project. at you, girl. Mm, but I was the good girl, you know, and, yeah. and I wanted to put the black tights on and be sneaky with the cigarette and the red lips. Oh, i got the red lips. That's about it. I, I felt those Lisa rules soften when I had mm. a drink. And at first it was fine. And then in my late 20s, um, you know, I got married. I had two children. Everything was fabulous. We had mm. no money, but we had a beautiful life. Still fine. Still mm. fine. Always the party girl, always a good drinker. But nothing that was out of control until I was in my late 40s. So probably 46 to 48, mid to late 40s. I'm a sports scientist by degree. I had a beautiful gym and it's my passion to empower women to look and feel amazing, to show them how to get stronger and fitter. And, and that, was, that was my thing and that's what I was known as. I was Lisa the Fixer. And Todd had, the, had gotten the role of um, CEO of the NRL, which was a massive role. Huge deal. Huge deal. Yeah. And we were going out with the Premier and the Prime Minister and all these really heavy hitters, VIPs. And I thought, I'm sort of missing out on a bit of life. I might close my gym and be a wife for a bit. I don't say only a wife, but I thought I'll I'll just have a bit of a change. And my kids were older and benefit of hindsight again, as they didn't need me as such. So I closed the gym. I lost my purpose. My children didn't need me. Todd's star was rising. Mm. And I'm not saying that as an excuse because I believe, just my belief, that if I have self-belief, self-love, self-worth, I don't need alcohol. Mm. But my self-belief, self-love, self-worth was plummeting and his star was rising and I couldn't go up with him to stand beside him because Every time I looked in the mirror, the girl staring back at me was a loser who mm. had no value to add the world to the world. And we'd go out with, with these heavy hitters and I'd have to start to have a few sneakies before I went because I thought, I've just got nothing to add. I'm just the aerobics instructor. It's not I've saved four years to get a sports science degree, mm. but I'm just the aerobics instructor, so I've got nothing. And it was such a such a gradual demise that I needed more and more and more alcohol to bolster my self-esteem and you know and I, I my belief again is that we all have these genes in us and and I know that alcoholism is 80 percent genetic but it could have laid dormant for years mm-hmm. forever if I had self-love yeah. and self-esteem I didn't need to activate that gene but because I had such low self-worth I would drink as perhaps other people do, but I switched that gene on. And once it was on and, you know, they talk about that little red line, I crossed that little red line. And I couldn't, in that 18 months of active addiction, I could not function without a drink of some sort, Mm. let alone going out. Then I have to. And I guess because I knew that my behaviour was 
pretty reprehensible, I would start to do it in secret. And again, this is the benefit of hindsight with nearly five and a half years of sobriety, but I was hiding alcohol in coffee cups. I had bottles stashed all around the place because the thought of not being able to get that liquid self-esteem just terrified me. So I had to hide everywhere. And if mm. I was doing something that was acceptable and not not awful, I wouldn't have to hide it. But I did That's right. Yeah. I was going to ask you mm. what pain you were trying to numb, but I think you've answered that question. Yeah. Because I think what has happened is when you've closed your business, that sense of purpose that you were getting from mm. helping those women and empowering those women mm. and also just like the idea of a routine and responsibility yeah. and, and, you know, and sometimes that can tip over into pressure and burnout. But, you know, just having a accountability to be somewhere every day mm. and show up to help mm. other people, you've closed that down. Your kids are like, see, mom, I don't yeah. really need you to hold my hand anymore. And that's good. That's what I want as a mum. I want them to be independent. You want them out the house. It's crazy. But they're, you know, I've got a four-year-old and I I wrestle with these moments constantly of, oh, my God, that's another milestone and, oh, my God, mm. we're never getting that back. And I yeah. sit in this, I'm so present with my son. Yeah. So I good. sit in that and I'm so aware of it, but I also am, I feel like I'm constantly in like a little bit of grief yeah. of what we've, we're not going back to babies, you know, we're not, no. I, my little boy is not, he's not a baby anymore. And there's no. sometimes I'm like, thank God he sleeps through the night. And other times I'm like, I miss my baby. And so I can only imagine you're on the other end of that parenting scale that mm. that still continues, but you know, in in a bigger form. You know, like when they move out of home, and yeah. you know, like oh my god, yeah, yeah. So so you've that shut down your so business. To you. I know, I know. Shuts down <laughs> no. your business. You shut down yeah. your business. Your kids are like, hey, mom, I've got this, and you're like, great, cool. Out into the world, off you go. Mm. Husband star is rising. You're mm. sitting there like. No wonder you felt like a little worthless. No wonder, not even if you felt worthless, but your perception of yourself at that time was so fragile. And yeah, my lens was awful. My lens yeah, was and awful. I get it. I can I can fully yeah. see that. And I also yeah. know how alcohol can mask itself as your best friend, your biggest confidant, your companion, your mm -hmm. self-esteem, your self-worth and your self-love. And it mm -hmm. it is so believable that yeah. that drink is going to solve that internal disconnect, that internal yeah. pain, yeah. the internal purpose that you're still now yeah. searching for. I get it. I fully get how you yeah. got there. And then for some people, yeah, like that gene that lays dormant is just boom, it's shorty, awake. and we're it's away. Awake. And yeah. then I think in that situation, which you've explained as active addiction, rehab is designed for those extreme circumstances. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I had never heard of an alcoholic other than the Hollywood half bench drunk so I couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around that mm. 
that was me. I mean, by this stage, my husband and I had worked our asses off to to get. I mean, I had the BMW, I had the the waterfront home, I had the beautiful clothes, and I wouldn't. St- I would wake up every morning and say, "Today, I won't drink," and I meant it with every ounce mm. of my heart. And by midday, I was in the car driving to a bottle shop, coming out with a case of wine, and then having to hide it all over the house. And sometimes I'd stop and think, what am I doing? But mm. that was very quickly because this alcoholism is like, come on, take it in. You're all good. You're doing what other people do. You're just having a drink. And then I'd just get in there wow. and, um, and you know, when the odd person would say, do you, do you think you drink a lot? I'd say, oh, no more than others. And we surround ourselves with people who are drinkers. That's just mm. the normal, I guess. But it was as I started to drink more and more and more, I started to isolate. My drinking wasn't out in public by that stage. If we were going out to a big function, I would preload because mm-hmm. I didn't want to look like the girl who was drinking faster and more than everyone else mm. because the mask was on, the hair was done, the clothes were on. So best I fulfill this entire picture, sip, 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 because I've already preloaded. Mm. Because otherwise, I've got no value to add. I had no value to add until eventually I didn't want to die as such, but I didn't want to live. Wow. So, you know, this life that my husband and I had worked so hard to get two beautiful children, mm. and I wanted out. And I, I guess I've jumped forward, but. It was hidden. Like I hid this for a long time. My mask was a good mask. It was on. No one knew except for my children and my husband, the three most important people in my lives. Hmm. Because what was I thinking? Of course alcohol smells. Hmm. Ludicrous. Like it stinks. You can smell it now, as you know, with your um, long sobriety, you can smell it on people. Yeah. Um, I can smell it down the street. I'm not even like, I'm not kidding. Friday late afternoon, they've there's the the walkway between like there's there's like the bowling club there and the pub there, and we're sort of I can I can smell it walking down to the you know. I mean, we joke a little bit, but when you stop drinking, your senses become. I wouldn't say they're heightened because I think they just get back to normal. And yes, we've spent definitely. so long desensitizing ourselves to all we normalize the, the bad and then we, right. we normalize the good. A hundred percent. So when it came time for your last drink, was that a conversation that you uh, brought up to your family or was it a conversation that your family brought up to you? Maz, I was by this stage living in my house on my own. My husband had given me an ultimatum four weeks prior. Um, he had seen my behaviour, the children had seen my behaviour and they were like, Mum, please stop drinking, stop why you have to drink more? And as I said to you, the two traits, character traits that I despise, dishonesty and selfishness, mm. that was me. I wow. would look them in the eye and say, how dare you accuse me of drinking? I haven't been drinking. And I'm blacked out on the floor, you know, and like the dishonesty and the selfishness, spending family money, on alcohol Mm -hmm. that should have been spent on dinners or whatever. So my husband, unbeknownst to me, had got um, information from a psychologist to say, if if your wife's drinking is as bad as you say, 
then my suggestion is that you give her an ultimatum. If you drink, she drinks again, you leave. But it's like a child, like with your child. You know, if if you're going to say it, you have to follow oh, through. You've got to follow through. Oh, and God. They, yeah. So yeah. they had said that to me. Excuse me, there's that one for about here. Oh, have you got a needy dog? Oh, no, the, a delivery man just came in. Oh, a delivery man. I thought you said dog. Oh. No, yeah, it is, but the dog has to go out and see what the dog Got it. I get um, it. So let me get back. Um, so they had said to, they'd said to me, if you drink again, we'll leave. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, okay, I won't. I won't. As I said, I didn't want to promise. And then this last time they came home and I was blacked out on the floor and my husband said, that's it. That's it. We're out of here. And Maz, I would really want to say to you, that was when I went bottom. My family packed up their bags, walked up the stairs. I can still see them walking up the oh. stairs. It still makes me um, goosey. And, and they left. And you know, I'd love to say that was my rock bottom where I went, wait, pull yourself together, Liz. Do you know what I said? See yeah. ya. I don't have to hide the bottles anymore. So wow. I went out and stocked up on I don't know how many bottles of wine. And I, for the next three or four weeks, I lose track of time here. I just laid on the floor, laid on my floorboards, drank out of the bottle, drank, blacked out, drank, blacked out, drank, cried, blacked out. But I didn't sleep in my bed, nurse, because I guess I knew deep down my behaviour was abhorrent. And I didn't, I thought, I don't deserve. I don't deserve this. No. Mm. So I laid on the floor. I drank. I blacked out. Blacked out. Drank. Blacked out. People said they came and visited me. I I don't remember because I I me who loves my clothes, my fitness. I didn't train. I didn't shower. I didn't do anything but drink. Blackout. Drink. Blackout. Drink. Blackout. Because I I just couldn't see a way. Out. Out. You're so stuck. I was so stuck. You're so stuck. I lost everything important to me. But my initial reaction was, yeah, great. I don't have to hide the bottles. And I did that for a period of time. I think it was about three or four weeks. People rang, people dropped in. I was like, yeah, whatever. And then one day I remember laying on my floorboards and looking up at the ceiling as clearly as I can see you here today. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore because all I could visualize in my head was the pain that I was causing everyone. You know, you see people's eyes. Yeah. I could visualize that pain in my husband's eyes and my children. It was like stuck in my head, this visual, and I couldn't fix me. I was mm. the fixer. I fixed everyone. I would get their, the women's bodies great. I'd get them stronger and I'd put marriages back together because – you know, she, this person was, and I just, I, I couldn't fix me. Mm. But I, someone had suggested a 12-step program and the ego, I just thought, I'm not going to go and sit on plastic chairs and drink instant coffee. Ego out of control. And I think that was just the alcoholism saying, oh, help, so this, we don't go there. Mm. But on this one day, though, I looked up at the ceiling, as I said, as clear as I can see you, I thought, I'm done. and. It was a very, very clear message in red writing that said, get to 12 steps. Yeah. And my Just husband get had help. This, yeah. Yeah. And my husband had this big job and there was always media around. So I looked mm-hmm. up a meeting that was an hour's drive away because I thought, 
how embarrassing, as if I'm not the worst wife in the world, how embarrassing that media might see that Todd's wife is an alcoholic. So I drove out, but Maz, you know what? My plan was on the way home. Forget, I'm done. So I rang Todd and I said, I'm actually going to do a 12-step meeting. Why would he believe me? I'd lied mm. through my teeth. And he said, okay, that's good. Um, so I drove to the meeting and I thought, at least he knows that I'm trying. At mm. least he can tell the kids that mum didn't give up without a fight. Wow. And, um, yeah, I, I really honestly, my heart thought, it still gets me, you know, they'll have a funeral for me and Todd deserves a better wife mm-hmm. and the kids deserve a better mom. They'll be sad. They'll cry for a day. I thought they'll for a day. Like, it's ludicrous, right? Yeah. And I thought yeah. they'll be sad, but I'm actually helping them because I'm I'm beyond helping. So I drove out to this meeting. I must have stunk because I don't think I'd had a shower. And I walked in and this I call this girl my angel. She mm. said this to me. She was diamond and designers, and I thought, she must be lost. She mustn't know this is a 12 step because, uh, because that's not what they look like. She's in the like. wrong room. She must have <laughs> realised that she's supposed to turn left down there. <laughs> and um, she said she could see in my eyes what I was going to do because she'd been there, you know. She'd walked in my shoes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what the reading was. I don't remember what was said. I just remember at the end she said, let's have a coffee. And she said, um, you're an alcoholic. I said, and she said, it's a line I still use with all the girls I mentor. She said, alcoholism isn't a choice, recovery is. And I thought something resonated. Yeah. And she said, I want you to go home. I want you to call this rehab and I want you to go. So I got in my car. You I did didn't it. go to the gap. I got home, I rang, I got in and rang my husband and said, I'm going to go to rehab again. Why would you believe it? I was full of false promises. Mm. And I got in, I think it was a couple of days later. So I just, as we said at the beginning of this chat, I just just went to town because yeah. I thought you know, maybe this is it. I love, I love that you found an angel in that mm. meeting. And it's a really good, I th- I think what she said to you is so freeing that mm. it's like despite all mm. the bad behaviour, all the alcoholic incidences, all the blacking out, all the disappointment, despite the gamut of negative things that have happened because of alcohol, you have a choice to recover. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because you having a choice gives it gave you this teeny tiny bit of power back. Yeah. Right? It was like the window had been opened. Like a, a minuscule. It's like yeah. fresh air but, came in. But she said, like, but you have a choice in recovery. Recovery is your choice. And with that ownership, mm. that is like the sliding doors moment. Yeah. Yeah. And you went home. 
Yeah. Like that's really powerful. Yeah. Like and sometimes what we say to people, we don't know mm. how it's going to imprint on them and it can save their life. Yeah. And, and the power of choice is is huge. Massive. It's and everything. I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten yeah. five and a half years ago that I had the power of choice at any stage to yeah. get up off my floorboards and make another choice. Mm. But I was so stuck yeah. that I couldn't see it. And but I had to hear it from someone who got it, not She'd a psychologist. Walk the walk, right? Yeah. She's yeah. Like you said, she she recognized the pain in your eyes because yeah. she had had that pain, and and that yeah, that's such a that's such an amazing story. It's really yeah, really quite profound, and it's real. You know, that's what makes it even so better, raw. It's, it's I can so feel real. I can feel how raw it is. Yeah, so. Yeah. What does your life look like now, Lisa? My life now is beyond amazing. <laughs> you know, I used to hear people say, I'm a grateful alcoholic. I think you're a loser. I'm never going to say that because if you'd ever be grateful for this disease, I am a grateful, sober alcoholic. I am a mm. phenomenal wife, an awesome mum, and soon to be a grandma. My daughter is <gasps> oh, pregnant. Wow. And, you know, this, this girl who said to me, you're done, yeah. we're done, Wow, is now... We talk every day. She's living with her fiance. She's pregnant. She said, Mum, she was, I was the first one she told because she said, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud of the work you put into your program. Mm-hmm. And same with my son. So I, I am beyond grateful for this life, but I still work hard. There's no cure mm, no. for alcoholism. It's not a, at that manageable. Level. No, yeah. not you at know, this and level. there's. There's also, you know, there's so it's like a huge this scale. There's a really big a scale, scale of yeah. um some people can moderate, some yeah. people can't, some people have yeah. alcohol use disorder, some people are alcoholics. Yeah. And yeah. it's the same substance. And yeah. depending on how you use it and how much pain you're trying to mask will maybe depend plus some genetics, some epigenetics yeah. in there as well. Yeah, it's a will lot of factors. Really, you know, narrate that story. But what I love is your story is about restoration. Yeah, yeah. And if someone says it's recovery, I said, you know what, it's uncovery. Like I'm <laughs> uncovering the girl who I was. It's not even recovery. You are. I'm going, I am better than I've ever been. At, but now, you know, I tried to visit the big man. He doesn't want me. And he sent me down <laughs> and he said, you are here for a purpose, Lace. <laughs> you are here to tell your story to yeah. share your sober hacks. I've got an Instagram page that I do so much sobriety on. I give so much time because that keeps me sober. I am, um, I call myself the choose chick. I've got this new label where every Wednesday night I do an Insta live about the power of choice. Exactly what you and I just spoke about, Mas, to remind yeah. everyone with a bit of laughter, the power of choice. Mm. And I'm inter- interviewing everyone from, you know, Gladys Berejiklian to, to actors to Ben Fordham to say, and I ask some funny things like, do you choose steak or chicken? Just to show the power of choice exactly what you're saying. It's a yeah. stigma. So choose mm. your sober. I'm sober serious. Someone else might be sober curious. But guess what? You've got the power of choice. And that is the most phenomenal power we have and it's here. I don't need to look outside for it. My life, I thought I would get the knitting needles out and it was like, okay, thank God, you know, I had 48 years of drinking. Well, not drinking 48 years, but, you know that I stopped at 48 because, you know, now at least I can just slowly become vanilla. No, my no life way. is 
just amazing. It's like fireworks, Maze. I like, you know, when you see one firework, I get so passionate. If you see one firework and then you think, oh my gosh, that's a great one. And then there's another one. There's a better one. one. That's what it's like. It just <laughs> know, gets love it. better and better. And you've been there. So I'm preaching to the converted. Yeah. And 100%. you know, you're, you're someone never see you drink. Please God. And that's a blessing. Might have seen me. That's okay. I can't change it. Mm. I refuse to look back. Victim is to me a waste of friggin' time. Mm. I don't. I don't do victim. I look. I glance back and go, not going back there. I use yeah. it for a comparison tool, and mm. I gaze forward and I run into the future. But living in the moment as well. I live in the moment, but I have a really great expectation of where my life's going, and I've almost hands off the wheel because if I get too too powerful I'm like all like thinking I'm powerful I'm like okay mm. I'm just hands off I'm like like this you know I thought I'd love to share my story with you I sent you a message because I think that might help someone and it wasn't until next year and then it was like bang I took the hands off the wheel and you said I've had a gap and yeah. maybe at this time of year coming up to Christmas it might help someone it's, it's so, so perfect yeah I'm just yeah. oh I'm so so grateful I live in gratitude I don't get out of bed till I've done my gratitudes. I told my story on 60 Minutes last year and Ali Langdon was like, you exhaust me, Lise. You ex- <laughs> but in <laughs> the best kind me. of way. Yeah. And your yeah. your energy is contagious, you yeah. know, like it's yeah. it's this really wholesome, it's such a, um, it is contagious and it's this, it's like you have this new purpose in your life that yeah. you had lost, like you were done. Yeah. You were done, I you were out, done. you're like. I was gone. Checks in the mail, see you bye. And yeah. your your every day is important because yeah. you've yeah. chosen to be here. Every so second. Every, every second. Hour. Absolutely. And you can feel Because it's that. authentic. You know, I yeah. think that's the difference. It's mm. authentic. The yes. mask is inauthentic and it's exhausting. Yeah. That is an exhausting way to live. Yes. When I look back at hiding bottles, wrapping them up, putting them in this bin, putting them in that bin, going to a different bottle shop so no one would see me. I'm not, I don't need to go there. Well, no. I choose not to go there. The same as people say, oh, poor Lisa, you can't drink. And in early sobriety, I'd say, no, I can't. Now I say, actually, I can. Yeah, I you totally to. can. You just don't. Yeah, I yeah, choose yeah. not to because I'm taking the power you, back. Once you have like, and I think that stuff does come with time. But sure. once, you know, for me, it was when I stopped apologizing for not drinking. So at yeah. first... I was like, oh, sorry, I'm not drinking I right now. And then, that, yeah. and now I'm like, no, I don't drink or or I'll just yeah. have a kombucha. And I just refuse yeah. to apologize for my informed choice That's on how awful. I want to put my feet on this planet. Lisa, yeah. thank you. You are oh. so inspiring and glamorous so and wonderful. It was so, so nice to hear your story. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening. Make sure you click follow so you don't miss an episode. New episodes are published every Monday. You can follow us on TikTok at Last Drinks or catch up with me on Instagram at Maz Compton. Stay curious.